another exciting podcast from Living Faith Church. It's our hope and prayer that today's message will bring you closer and deeper to the heart of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now here is our lead pastor, Pastor Dean Hackett. He has been presented a Tony Award, three Golden Globe Awards, nominated eight times for an Oscar at the Academy Awards. He won the Best Supporting Actor in 1989 for his role in the historical war drama, Glory, which you were just watching a segment from. He won Best Actor in 2001 for his role as a corrupt police officer in Training Day. Denzel Hayes Washington Jr. was not always at the top of his game. The book he wrote on behalf of the Boys and Girls Clubs of America, A Hand to Guide Me, he opens with these words. Let us start with a verse from Proverbs. Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old... He will not depart from it. So how have those words played out in his life? He grew up around Christianity. He attended church every Sunday. But church in the Lord Jesus Christ did not make a big difference in his life early on. Denzel was born December 28th, 1954 in Mount Vernon, New York. His father was an ordained Pentecostal preacher. He supported his family by working for the water department of New York City and also in a department store, S. Klein. His mother was a beautician. Denzel attended school in Mount Vernon until he was 14 years old. At that point... A dramatic change came into his life. His parents divorced. His mother sent him to Oakland Military Academy in Windsor, New York. Denzel said in an interview in December of 1999, that decision to send me to the military academy changed my life because I wouldn't have survived in the direction I was going. The guys I was hanging out with at the time, my running buddies, have now done maybe 40 years combined in penitentiary. They were nice guys, but the streets got them. The boys club at Mount Vernon had a huge impact on Denzel's life. They were called the Red Raiders. Denzel wanted to attend Texas Tech in Lubbock, Texas because their mascot is the Red Raiders. Same as the boys club. But money was tight at home and so he enrolled at Fordham University in Bronx, New York. Midway through his junior year, Denzel was on academic probation and was asked to leave. Midway through the, uh, the semester before that, however, 
Denzel had signed up for a speech class. He signed up for that class because he heard it was an easy B grade to get. And also because there was a pretty girl in the class he wanted to meet. This is how he wrote about it. That was my way I made my decisions in those days. I didn't plan on life. I lived it. But it was in that class, that professor who was active in the theater club on the Bronx campus, that the seeds of theater was sown in Denzel's heart. We see Denzel now, this world famous actor with all these awards. But what it took for him to get from being a potential gang member and a probationary student at Fordham University to glory? How are you going to be able to live your life so that you can face the enemy victoriously and you can face him standing up? Instead of giving in to every temptation. Instead of being controlled by addictions. Instead of being controlled by anger. How are you going to live your life and make certain that your life is lived in such a way. That others can find freedom. That they don't go into the same addictions you've been addicted with. That they don't go into the same bondage of anger that you've been controlled with. That they don't lay down at every temptation the way you've lived your life. How are you going to make sure that they live a life of freedom? How are you going to make certain that you can face the hardest things that life will throw at you. And it will. Abandonment. Divorce of your parents. Auto accidents. Disease. Financial reversals. Job losses. Best friends turning their back on you. I mean, life can throw the hardest things at you. But how are you going to be able to live life facing those things without being knocked down? But you're going to deal with it like a man, sir, like a man. They're going to deal with it like an authentic woman, sis. See, this culture, manhood is being stripped from guys. And authentic womanhood is not portrayed anywhere. How are you going to do that? You're going to do it the way culture says? You're going to do it the way our culture is dealing with those things now? Hmm, no. 
How do you live your life in such a way that the glory of God is revealed every moment? Whether you're facing good things or whether you're facing the hard things of life. That your life is reflecting the glory of God. The authentic glory of God in your life. How are you going to be able to do that? Put God first in everything you do. Do you? Peter, when he wrote his second epistle, wrote these stunning words. Grace and peace be multiplied to you through the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. According as he, according as his divine power hath given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through him who has called us to glory and virtue. And can you imagine? It is God's designed will for your life that your life be filled with his glory. Listen to how the Apostle Paul wrote it to the church at Colossae when he said, This is the mystery that's been hidden down through the ages. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Now, of course, then the next question is, well, what does that mean, glory? What is the glory? Well, in both the Hebrew and in the Greek, which are the two, the two languages, the Old Testament was written in Hebrew and Aramaic. The New Testament was written in Greek. In both of those, the word for glory basically means heavy. Okay? Like, you know, we'll say sometimes to people like, that's one heavy dude right there. And we're not talking about the scale. Okay? We're talking about the aura they carry, right? We're talking about the reputation they have. We're talking about the influence that they have. We're talking about what they can do in life. They have, they have this level of authority. They have this power. They have this influence. They carry this name. Okay? For example, I could go to the bank and make out a counter check for a million dollars and they would laugh. <laughs> On the other hand, if Bill Gates goes to the bank and writes out a check for a million dollars, would you like that in hundreds, thousands? What would you like, Mr. Gates? Right? You're tracking with me? He has, he has glory. Now, it's human glory, but he has glory. But when we're talking about Almighty God and His glory in your life, we're talking about His presence in your life that gives you everything you need for daily living and for being able to live a godly life. A life victorious over 
sin and the things that destroy you from the inside out. Isn't that beautiful? Now, when we talk about that, how many know we live far short of that, don't we? We live far short of that. The average average person lives way short of that. We live in fear, anxiety, worry, jealousy, insecurity, rejection, envy, the R word, which nobody wants to hear, so I'll just whisper it, rebellion. Okay? We, we, we wrestle with those things, don't we? That's, that's, where, that's, where, that's where we tend to live our life on a daily basis. And Almighty God says, no, 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 no. What I've designed you for and my will for your life is that you live far above that. But human reasoning doesn't accept that. You, know, you have the one side of the human reasoning that goes, well, you know, there's no way they can prove there is a God. And isn't it so funny? Rather than believing in an almighty God, creator of heaven and earth, we would rather believe something like there was spontaneous generation in this swamp gas. And out of that swamp gas came this life that grew legs and walked out on the ground. And then it became a monkey, and then it became a man. Let me see, which is easier to believe? An almighty God, creator of heaven and earth, or that nonsense? Really? You gotta be kidding. But see, we, we, because if we accept there is an almighty living God, creator of heaven and earth, then what automatically comes in? We have to be willing to submit our will to him. And that's the rub, really. Isn't that really the rub? Right there. We've got to be willing. Because see, only Jesus Christ can take us to that life of glory. There's just no other way. It's only through Jesus Christ. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh to the Father but by me. All human effort, listen closely, all human effort will leave you empty and unfulfilled. We tend to live our life in the memories of past failures, past hurts, offenses, wounds. And all that does is keep you tied to hopelessness and defeat. Living life that way, you will only experience a measure of your true potential. You'll never be able to reach the fullest measure of what God intended for you in your life. 
Because every time you stretch out for a higher level of living, a greater fulfillment of living, feeling of unworthiness, fear of failure, fear of people, will just grab you and snap you back like asking you, who do you think you are? Who do you think you are? And you go, I know. I don't deserve that. I know, I can't live that way. I, I am constantly amazed at how many who have tried to live the Christian life has to me. I, I tried that and I can't live that way. Well, of course you can't. Of course you can't. The Bible says you can't. That's why we have to learn how to live in the power of the Holy Spirit. There is therefore now no condemnation to them who are in Christ Jesus. Listen, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For the law of the life and the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus and the righteousness of the law will be fulfilled in those who walk not after the flesh but after the spirit. Walk in the spirit and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. None of that is about you. All of that is about God's power and glory in you. Of course you can't live it. None of us can, especially a moi. <laughs> but it's the power of the Holy Spirit. It's God's glory in us. But you have to be willing to let go of that past. You have to be willing to let go of all those hurts and failures. You have to be willing to let go of that rejection, that abandonment, those offenses. Took me a long time to figure out. When I was in fifth grade, my art teacher said to me, we were standing in line getting ready to go into the art class and all my classes there. And, and I already know I'm a dunce and I'm a dummy and, and I'm not worth anything. Anyhow, they told me that every day on the school ground and I'd had teachers tell me that. And the teacher looked at me and said, Hackett, you look like a Ford going down the street with the doors open. Your ears are so big. And so from every day after that, I would spend a long time trying to hold my ears back so they wouldn't stick out, you know. And, and uh, it, it took me a long time to figure out that God didn't make any goofs and any mistakes when he made me. Another thing I did was I went all the way through high school with my hand like this. I didn't. I, why would God put a hole in my chin right there where everybody could see it? I was. I, I couldn't figure that out. And this is okay. This this is this is absolutely no exaggeration. We were, we were planting our, our the first church that we planted. I was <laughs> uh, one, and I were ancient. She was nineteen, and I was twenty three. Wow. No. She was, I was 22, and uh, <clears throat> we started off with five adults and, and 22 children. And uh, 
one day, uh, I was, happened to be down in the children's area, and one of the kids looked at me and said, Pastor Dean, how come you got a hole in your chin? And uh, you know how kids are. They're innocent. They, they, they don't mean to be rude. They just, he said, that's really weird. You got a hole in your chin, you know. So how come you got a hole in your chin? And I heard this come out of my mouth. I said, you know, because when, when Jesus made me in the womb, he said, I love Dean. And he touched my chin. And we took his finger away. He left that hole there to constantly remind me of how much he loves me. And he goes, that's really cool, you know. And, and I walked away going, I've never thought of that. That's, that's amazing. I got alone later and cried. I wasn't a throwaway human being. But I was never going to reach my full potential until I turned loose of the past. That held me tied to hopelessness and defeat. And it's the same for you. As long as you keep tight, as long as you keep living in that rubble, as long as you keep living, as long as you keep saying to yourself, you're a failure, there are no failures. Do we fail? Of course we do. Every one of us fails. I was thinking this week about that poor Green Bay Packer kicker. (laughs) Felt so sorry for him. If you don't know what's going on in, in the game last week, he missed five kicks in a row. Poor guy. I feel his pain. I was a kicker in high school. I know the pain. I'm so sorry for him. But thank goodness the coach didn't say, you're out of here, you stupid failure. I'm so glad the coach didn't do that. Now, that doesn't mean he won't do it yet, but he hadn't yet. I hope he doesn't miss five today. But think of how many times we see, does that make him a failure? No, it just means he failed that one day. Failure is an event, not an identity. Don't let it be your identity. We have to be willing to let that go. Hebrews 12, 14 to 16. Follow peace with all men and holiness without which no man shall see the Lord. Seeing to it that none of you come short of the grace of God and by it a root of bitterness springing up Many be defiled. Literally it says the in the Greek, the majority be defiled. When we allow that root of bitterness to start in our life, it will defile everything in our life eventually. It won't stop at one thing. It'll defile everything. And that's why God warned us, don't let that happen in your life. Because there really are no failures. Just people that make mistakes and fail. In our human experience, there are sinful people around us that will abuse us, that will molest us, that will rape us, that will abandon us, that will make promises and fail to keep them. 
that will use you for their own personal gain. And in all, in all of this world, we're going to get all kinds of bruises, lacerations, wounds, things that feel like it's going to take our very heart and our very life. But I want to tell you, you can live in the rubble of that and the sorrow of that and the pain of that or you can choose to step out of that because God gives this promise. This is the covenant I'll make with them after those days, saith the Lord. I'll put my law in their hearts, on their minds will I write them and their sin and iniquity I will remember no more. And it's on that covenant that the scripture promises if anyone be in Christ, they are a new creation. Old things have passed away and behold, all things are become new. We are so blessed that you join us online today. For more resources on how you can grow your relationship with Jesus Christ, visit us online at www.winacity.com. If you would like to speak with someone about your relationship with Jesus Christ or would like prayer, you can contact us at 541-567-4486 or email us at info at winacity.com.